Paxton Quigley is rolling out the green carpet, talking to the creme de la creme of innovators and influencers who are shaping the world of cannabis and culture. Welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley. Hello, folks, and welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley. Now, the U.S. Pentagon finally delivered the long-awaited report to Congress regarding the existence of UFOs, or more technically, they're now calling it Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, and it's short for UAPs. The Pentagon report states that they are potentially real objects, but their nature is an unknown. The Pentagon report states, and I'm going to quote them, a majority of UAP were registered across multiple sensors to include radar, infrared, electro-optical, weapon seekers, and visual observation, unquote. So with us today to discuss all of this, what's going on with UFOs, is Dr. Avi Loeb. And we've had the pleasure of speaking with him once before, and we hope to continue to have him on all the time when we've got some new reports on UFOs. Uh, now, um, Dr. Avi Loeb is an Israeli-American science professor at Harvard University. He was the longest serving chairman in the history of the astronomy department at Harvard University from 2011 to 2020. And he goes on and on. He, he serves as the founding director of Harvard's Black Hole Initiative. I'd like to find out more about that Black Hole Initiative. He's been the director of the Institute for Theory and Computation at the Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics. And he chairs the advisory board on physics and astronomy and a former member of the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology at the White House. I mean, do you have time to sleep? I don't think so. But most importantly, Professor Loeb, he just hit it right, has written a best-selling new book, and it's really a timely one, entitled Extraterrestrial, The First Sign of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth. And it's available in bookstores and online. And I know it's selling like mad. And since this report comes out, I hope it gets to number one. Professor Loeb, welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley. And let's get right into it. And how are you today? I'm doing great. And thanks for having me, Paxton. Well, I'm so happy to have you on again. Now, the Pentagon report states that there are potentially real objects near us in outer space, but their nature isn't unknown, is, is unknown, I should say. Also, the report doesn't call them UFOs, but now refers to them as UAP, or Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Now, I was really kind of surprised that they decided to make their this change. Uh, is there a reason for that name change? Are they having a so-called uh, rebranding? What's happening there? Well, they explain it in the report that, <clears throat> in fact, uh, they missed uh, a lot of uh, uh, incidents um, because of the stigma that exists in society. They mentioned that uh, in the report that uh, people uh, prefer not to talk about the events that indicated the, an unusual phenomena, including military personnel. And uh, I think they are trying to uh, brand it in a different name such that it will be more legitimate to discuss it and people will not immediately associate it with that stigma, uh, with that taboo. 
so that's simply for psychological reasons. It has no substantive uh, content. But um, uh, only in March uh, 2019, the Navy established a new policy of reporting about uh, unidentified uh, phenomena or objects. And uh, the Air Force uh, followed on that uh, in uh, December 2020. So uh, uh, there wasn't a, a prescribed procedure for reporting, and that's why we miss a lot of incidents. Uh, but still, we have 140-something uh, uh, events that are discussed in the report, and I'm sure there is uh, uh, much more data that is classified. Um, in fact, the report itself has a classified component. And the, the reason the data is classified is because it was taken by sensors that uh, are owned by the US government and are used for other purposes, for national security purposes. So um, since the US doesn't want its adversaries um, to know about the equipment that it's using to monitor the sky, uh, that data is not released publicly. But if you hear uh, high level uh, former officials that um, uh, had access to the data, such as CIA directors, uh, Brennan and Woolsey, and former President Barack Obama, they talk about it as a serious matter. And to me, that indicates that indeed, uh, there is uh, no doubt that some of these objects are real. Uh, and then, of course, there are three possibilities. Either they were manufactured by other nations, uh, in which case uh, it would be quite surprising because some of them behave in ways that our technologies in the US cannot reproduce. Uh, so that would be a national intelligence uh, uh, failure if um, we are not aware of other nations having capabilities far exceeding ours. And uh, it would be very significant, but it's hard to believe because that those technologies would find their place in the consumer market. They probably can make a, a, a great profit uh, or uh, they would find themselves in the battlefield um, because other nations would uh, use it. Uh, and uh, we, we don't see evidence for that. And I'm sure the US intelligence is quite good. So uh, I would be surprised uh, whether these are human made uh, if indeed they're real objects as claimed in the report. So then there are two other possibilities. One that there are natural phenomena that nature produces in the atmosphere and that we were not expecting. And the second is that uh, these are extraterrestrial in, in origin. Uh, some other technologies that uh, uh, are more advanced than ours that come from other civilizations out there. And uh, I would say both possibilities are very exciting because we learn something new. So I think this subject is sufficiently intriguing now that it should move away from the talking points of politicians or national security advisors into the realm of science. We should collect more evidence with scientific instruments that are far better than those that were available to the pilots that they reported these events. And uh, we can place those uh, uh, state-of-the-art cameras uh, connected to wide field uh, uh, telescopes and uh, feed the data into computer systems, just like we do in a, a physics experiment and, and collect all the data and the data will be open to the public and will be analyzed in the scientific way. And uh, this way we can clear up the fog and clarify this matter of what the nature of these objects is. This is a very interesting. Uh, do you think that there will be now more scientists that will um, decide to, to go in this direction? 
because it seems to me that there haven't been that many scientists involved in a project like this. That's true. Uh, and then one thing I should point out is that, uh, you know, when you go to a shoemaker, you don't expect the shoemaker to bake you a cake. So uh, we shouldn't expect the politicians or the administrators in uh, Washington, D.C. to figure out the nature of these objects. They were not trained as physicists. They are not trained as uh, scientists. So uh, what we should use are people that are uh, skilled in, in interpreting uh, experimental data, and these are scientists. And uh, the issue there is really uh, uh, the attitude of many scientists not to discuss uh, this subject, to ridicule it. Uh, but here I am, I'm uh, happy to lead such a, a project, a scientific project that will try to figure out uh, the nature of these objects. And I should say there are people interested in funding such a project and I'm in conversation with them. So, so my hope is that uh, I will be able uh, to get funding for this and, and uh, establish um, a research group, uh, just like in any scientific uh, frontier um, and figure out the nature of these objects or phenomena, just uh, get more evidence. Now, do you think that there ever will be a university of UFOs or something equivalent to that? And people will be able to, to major in, in, in that field? Well, um, I should say uh, UFOs or unidentified objects is probably a mixed bag. Uh, many of the reports that came from eyewitness uh, testimonies you know, are probably, can probably be explained by some mundane reasons. Like, for example, if a person walks on the street and sees something unusual, it could be that the military has uh, something uh, going on and uh, we just don't know about it. But um, therefore, you know, it's not a vindication that all the reports of the past uh, are real in a way. Um, and, uh, but on the other hand, it's enough to have one object of extraterrestrial origin uh, for it uh, to change, uh, uh, to have a huge impact on society, to change human history. Uh, if we figure out um, through uh, collecting evidence that indeed uh, the origin of this object is some extraterrestrial technology. So I would say it's enough to have one. We don't need all of the past reports to be indeed associated with extraterrestrial origin. Uh, but to find this one, we need to collect as much evidence as possible scientifically. And uh, I'm very excited to be engaged in, in, in the search. Um, you never know what you will find, but it could be quite uh, dramatic. And my point is, even if it happened. Now, it interests me that Senator Rubio uh, out of Florida uh, was really pushing for this report. Uh, what is going on uh, in, in Washington D.C. and you know in, in in the Senate? Are they are they really interested in in learning more? Yeah. So initially, of course, uh, the motivation was uh, because it's a matter of national security. If there is an object entering the airspace of the U.S., then you want to know uh, where it came from, um, and uh, if you figure out that it's coming from another nation, of course, there are implications. So that's the obvious reason we want to understand each and every object that enters into our airspace. Um, but if uh, the, the understanding has global implications to humanity as a whole, that's, of course, much more dramatic. Uh, 
in a way, it would be disappointing if it were the Russians or the Chinese, because uh, we wouldn't learn anything new about the universe. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, as a scientist, I would much rather have it either uh, some uh, something produced by nature here on Earth or something that came from an extraterrestrial uh, civilization. And the, the origin, uh, you know, in a way is linked also to intelligence, because if we are not aware of any technology capable of producing the behavior of these objects, then of course, you know, we can rule out that option even without um, trusting other nations to tell us if it's theirs. Um, so there are really uh, interests that have to do with national security. But beyond that, um, I would think that um, uh, the Senate or the Congress in general um, is interested in any, any type of objects are, that are hovering around the, the US. We want to know what they mean. And uh, uh, if indeed scientists can figure this out, I think uh, that would be very helpful to the political system. So I do think that science can come to the service of uh, politics in this case, just as it came in the case of uh, the pandemic where uh, science and technology was able to produce um, uh, a synthetic chemical that uh, uh, in the laboratory that uh, produced the uh, desired immune response in the bodies of hundreds of millions of people to the COVID-19 virus. So uh, science can shed light and, and uh, provide clarity on issues that are of interest to the public, to society and to politicians in Washington. And I do think that's the right step uh, uh, that we need to take uh, for scientists to get engaged. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy to be involved in that. And I know that some, some of my colleagues are hesitant and they don't, they dismiss it and prefer to do business as usual. But to me, it sounds like an interesting uh, uh, subject to look into because in the past, if you look at the history of science, we uh, discovered new things only when we paid attention to anomalies, to something that didn't quite match what we expected. Well, you certainly have put it in a, in a very reasonable way, that's for sure. But now I would like to turn to your book, Extraterrestrial, The First Sign of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth. And you discussed in detail uh, an interstellar project uh, that was discovered in 2017. And uh, it was discovered uh, in Hawaii. Can you uh, give us the whole lowdown on what uh, you ended up seeing? And uh, do you think it is perhaps from outer space or is it, shall we say, space junk? Well, that's uh, an example for one single object that is very interesting because it didn't quite look like anything we have seen before. It happened to be the first object from outside the solar system that was spotted near Earth by a telescope in Hawaii and was given the name Oumuamua, that means a scout in the Hawaiian language. Uh, it was discovered in October 19, 2017. And uh, at first astronomers thought it must be like the rocks we have seen before from the solar system. But uh, as data was collected about it, it didn't look like anything we've seen before. Uh, it must have had a very extreme shape because as it was tumbling every eight hours, the amount of sunlight that it reflected changed by a factor of 10. And the best 
fit to the variation was that of a flat object, pancake shape. Um, and then uh, it didn't have any gas around it. There was no evaporation, uh, as you see often in comets. It was definitely not a comet, but it exhibited an excess push away from the sun, despite the fact that there was no gas coming out of it to give it that push. And um, the only explanation I could think of was the reflection of sunlight is pushing it. But for that to be effective, the object had to be very thin. And nature doesn't make thin objects. So I suggested maybe it's artificial in origin. And then in September 2020, uh, that's not in my book because it was discovered after I finished my book. In September 2020, there was another object discovered um, with the same telescope that exhibited an excess push away from the sun by reflecting sunlight, no cometary tail. So similar qualities uh, as Oumuamua. But um, uh, this one was, uh, the astronomers realized they gave it the name 2020 SO, but they realized that it actually came from Earth in 1966 as part of a lunar lander mission. It was a rocket booster that had very thin walls. And because of that, it had a large area for its mass. So it could have been pushed by reflecting sunlight. So we know that we produced 2020 SO. It's artificial in origin. The question is, who produced Oumuamua? Aha. Now, have you any insight into that? I mean, have you talked with your colleagues about that? And perhaps was it the Soviet Union, you know, a long time ago, or is it China, or is it something like Argentina? Well, it's not or possible. Israel. For... Wait a second, or Israel? Since <laughs> Israel is really on top, in top when it comes to technology. How about that one? Well, it's not possible for this object to be uh, human-made to come from Earth because it was moving too fast uh, near Earth, um, faster than any rocket uh, or any spacecraft that we produced in the past. So, in fact, uh, we know for sure that it, didn't, it wasn't manufactured by humans. Uh, it just passed very quickly near Earth. It was not bound to the sun. And uh, uh, the question is, what was its purpose? And at first I thought perhaps this flat shape, a thin object that is flat, is acting as a sail that is being pushed by reflecting sunlight. But more recently, I realized if the UAP are real, they could be probes that were sprinkled on Earth uh, long ago. And this object was just like an antenna coming by and uh, having a large area to collect data, to collect information from these probes. And it was tumbling so that it can see all directions. And uh, perhaps that was its purpose. Now, in that case, the push that it exhibited was just a byproduct. It was not intended to serve as a light sail. It was just a thin, large dish that was collecting data. And um, in a way, you know, it's similar to 2020 SO. That also, this rocket booster that we produced was not uh, designed for the purpose of being a light sail, yet it exhibited push away from the sun because it was very thin. Interesting. Now, when you saw the image for the first time, uh, what was going through your mind? How were you feeling? Uh, were, you, were you feeling that this is unbelievable? Or, or tell us how, how that first reaction was. 
Well, all I was able to see is data about this object. We didn't capture an image of it. It was an artist's illustration uh, that uh, was distributed in all the media. Um, so unfortunately, the object was too small, size of a football field at a distance that is a fraction of the distance to the sun. So you, uh, the telescopes on Earth couldn't really resolve it. But here lies the opportunity for the future. If we discover another one, uh, another weird object like Oumuamua that is on its approach to us, we can send a spacecraft equipped with a camera that will intercept its trajectory and will take a close-up photograph. And they say a picture is worth a thousand words. In my case, a picture is worth 66,000 words, the number of words in my book. I wouldn't need <laughs> to write a book if we had a photograph. And in fact, you know, we had a photograph taken by a mission called OSIRIS-REx that came uh, very close to a, an asteroid called Bennu and in fact landed on it and collected a sample that it will bring back to Earth in 2023. And just imagine landing on an object that looks artificial. I mean, we can tell the difference between a natural rock and an artificial object. So imagine landing on a piece of equipment. Uh, we could potentially read of the, the label made on planet X and import the technology to Earth. Uh, and it could be a technology that uh, is in our future that will take us many years to develop ourselves. So it could be worth a lot of money in principle. Aha, uh aha. -huh, uh -huh. This sounds very exciting. Are you setting, setting up a company now? <laughs> well, it, 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 to it grab the be... information. Putting your hands on a piece of equipment from the future, from our future, but the past of another civilization, uh, is just like um, um, get, uh, getting a hold of a cell phone that was not yet released to the public that is far more sophisticated than past versions. And it's just fun to play with it. So I think I would be, I, I wouldn't really think much about the money that can be made. For that, there are business people, but. And in fact, it could uh, change the plans of people in Silicon Valley. But um, as far as I'm concerned, it's just the thrill of something, of finding something uh, unexpected and that will reveal that we are not the smartest kid on the block. And uh, you know that, that is a very uh, important revelation and perhaps will change human history. Now, I want to go back to uh, Roswell for a second or two, uh, because we, people always remember uh, Roswell. Can you give us your, your thoughts about what was going on there? Yeah, I don't have a special insight because, you know, as a scientist, I'm guided by evidence. And uh, there wasn't enough concrete evidence to provide, the, to substantiate the, all the theories about what might be there. Um, so, you know, and, and there is no way for us to figure it out now. So I, I'm basically looking forward to collecting data uh, on my own, you know, scientifically, um, because uh, science is about reproducibility of results. And, uh, you know, I, I, dealing with the government is not the best way to figure out the answers to questions about nature. You know, we can, uh, the government hides uh, classify data for national security reasons. And, uh, you know, it's not occupied by scientists so that they're not always thinking about uh, the, the evidence, but more about public relations. And so really the best way to proceed is not reminisce about the past, 
or um, uh, worry about the government, but rather let's uh, bravely collect new data, new evidence and figure out the answers ourselves. You know, we are independent. We don't need approval from anyone to look at the sky. And instead of arguing about this, this is not a philosophical question. Let's just collect evidence, reproduce uh, the unusual phenomena that many pilots claim they have seen and uh, figure out the nature of those objects with better instrumentation. It's very simple. It, well, it's it, it. I don't know how simple it is, but it, it sounds like that is is the proper way of 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 doing all of this. Now, um, all of this that we're learning about uh, is this going to change the Earth at all? The people on the Earth, if uh, we learn more and more about what's out in outer space, do you do you see that uh, that happening? Uh, oh, that definitely. Perhaps... I think it will have a major major impact on society because it it will. Have a similar psychological effect as uh, the one that my daughters had when when they were at home at a young age they thought that they are the smartest in the world because the world for them was our home uh, and that was true they were the smartest at home but but then them to the kindergarten they met other kids and that was a psychological shock on the first day at kindergarten and if i were to ask them whether they want to be back at home they would probably tell me yes because this way they could have maintained their illusion that they are the smartest. So I pretty much expect humanity, the people, to have a psychological shock when they realize that they're not the smartest. Uh, just like my daughters. I mean, it's very much like going to the kindergarten for the first day. Uh, and then after that, you have to process the information and uh, change your behavior because it will change our perception about our place in the universe. It could affect theological beliefs, you know, because many of the religions uh, are based on humans being the center, at the center. And if there are other beings out there that are even smarter, you have to change your conception in some sense. Uh, how do they relate to, to, to God, you know? And, um, there will be implications for the way we treat each other because, you know, instead of fighting among nations here on earth and trying to feel superior relative to other people, it would make sense for us to come together because we are the human species here on earth and they are out there and we, we need to think differently about ourselves, not, not uh, amplify so much the differences between us, but the common thread that goes through humanity because we share a similar fate. So uh, I think there will be a, a, a and of course, uh, academia will change because there will be new subjects for inquiry, how to communicate with them that I call astro-linguistics, how to find um, relics from other civilizations. I call that astro-archaeology uh, or space archaeology. Uh, so there will be a lot of new uh, areas of research that uh, people can get engaged and altogether, I, I think of it as the most uh, impactful question that we have that science can address. All the other questions, if you think about it, they are pretty much tied to what we are doing here on Earth, all the political, sociological, psychological, all these questions that um, we deal with uh, on a daily basis, they are really confined to what happens here on Earth. And, and just realizing that there is another kid on the block smarter than us, will change everything. It's very interesting. And maybe even the concept of God goes away. Uh, in well, not mind. necessarily. Uh, it could be replaced because um, 
if you think about very advanced technology, uh, it can do things that would look like miracles to us. So, you know, if you were to show a cell phone today to a person a hundred years ago, or even a caveman, you know, the caveman would look at it and think that it's just a polished stone or something, uh, because he's used to playing with rocks. Um, and um, the point is that every few years, our technologies advanced exponentially. So just imagine a technology a thousand years from now or a million years from now, it would look like magic to us. And in, in a way, it could also look like an approximation to God because it may do things that we assigned to God in the past. Like, like for example, it may create life synthetically or you know, do all kinds of miracles. <laughs> so um, I would say that you know, for some people, the existence of a technology that is far more advanced than ours than can do things we cannot even imagine uh, could be an approximation to God. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It would be <laughs> certainly interesting and maybe very enjoyable. You know, I wish we could talk more and I, I you know, I'd like to have you on again because I find uh, your knowledge, uh, you know, so advanced, I would like to say, and enjoyable too. Um, and I just want to tell people that they should definitely get your book. It is a, a real, uh, shall we say, mind changer. It's called Extraterrestrial, the first sign of intelligent life beyond Earth. And uh, it's available both in the bookstores out there and on Amazon. And uh, as I said, I'd love to have you on again. And if you get any inside information, if you give me a call and say, hey, I've got something for you that I think you'll like, uh, please do. And uh, Thank you, Paxton. You will be first. You will be first on my list. Uh, even though Steven Spielberg asked me at some point when I met him to let him know, let well, him be the be, first. But well, you, it could be you, first or second. No, you will be the first, and I, oh. he can wait. Yeah. Okay. And I want to say in Hebrew, "Toda Raba," which means "Thank you." I wish I knew more Hebrew, but I don't. And. Uh, uh, again, thank you. And folks, you can listen to this entire broadcast on our website, paxtonquigley.com. Also, all of our shows can be heard on Apple Radio, Audible, Spotify, Spokio, Spreaker, as well as, of course, Cannabis Radio. And uh, also, we've got lots of links uh, where we, 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 we report what's going on. And so we uh, like Facebook, obviously, and Instagram. Uh, we got a lot of followers on Instagram, which is terrific. And um, I'm happy to say that our listenership is growing now. Thousands of people are listening all over the United States and, and other parts of the world. So I'd like to thank our listeners also for purchasing my latest suspense novel. It's called Just Try Me. It also is available on Amazon or Kindle. And finally, and most importantly to me, please wear a mask when you, when you need to and get vaccinated. I'm Paxton Quigley. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.